I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, I sent you on a bit of a mission. You did. I know you were going back home to Illinois for the holiday, Thanksgiving. I asked if you could stop by the Pro Wrestling Tea store and pick me up some micro brawlers. Found out they were also 20% off during the uh, Thanksgiving Black Friday week. Well, how about that? Um, how was your trip? It was okay. This was a very, I guess they're always nostalgic trips, but I had one friend say something to me that really affected me the whole time I was there. We were talking about friendships falling out. She was having a falling out with a friend, and I was like, oh, it's a shame when people just up and leave. And she says to me, well, you know, that's what you did to all of us. There was no goodbye. There was no party. One day you were just on a plane in L.A. And I spent the rest of my trip seeing people and being like, did I abandon everyone? So were you able to get my micro brawler wrestler figure? I wasn't, Justin. I was so worried about abandoning. (laughs) The thing about Chicago trips is I need the right amount of time and ability to borrow my mom's car. I'll get them on the next one. Chicago is not going anywhere. There's no but there's no guarantee they'll be there. These are limited supplied figures. Okay. All right. That's fine. Not unlike most side quests. I simply opted not to do this one. I would be a very bad Mission Impossible agent. I don't understand why it's so difficult for me to be able to purchase the toys that I want to purchase. It does amaze me how often on this show you've been like, I tried so hard to give someone money and they wouldn't let me do it. Yeah, I want to buy these specific micro brawlers very badly. But they're not on the website. You have to buy them in the store because they came. They're leftovers from the crate. Uh, still, it's been two months now, almost since our first episode. I still cannot purchase this Hero Cross Scrooge McDuck. I have emailed them. I've we're following them now on Twitter in every different language. They have all these different Twitter accounts. We're following all of them. No one has gotten back to me about how to buy this goddamn Scrooge McDuck. They are now releasing Toy Story figures. They have this gigantic life-size Sid figure. Why do you want to? That's he's like a, that's a, just having a small boy. I know it's a home. little weird to just, just have a, a small, small plastic boy. <laughs> and uh, look, I'm not. A hundred percent certain I'm going to buy the Sid. That's like those fucking real life Barbies that were like, it's the size of a toddler, right. but it and looks I don't like know. an adult. I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but I did want to see how much. Well, we're always curious how much life-size children go for. And I clicked the Facebook link to go to the website, and there's no information on the website of how to buy that. Well, And now somehow, back to the DuckTales line that I so badly want, somehow the Webby is now sold out on pre-sale. I don't even know when the pre-sale started. Someone (laughs) sell me these figures. Well, I'll make sure to get your wrestling boys when I'm back in Chicago. The DuckTales. I'm also having a hell of a time with these Walmart 
exclusives. Well, Walmart, I think exclusives in general in L.A. store-wise, are, they're never around. Right now, I don't buy a lot of Funko Pops because who needs it? But they have one that's Spider-Man in the spider buggy. That's exclusive to Walgreens. They had them at the Walgreens across the street here. Did they really? I was yeah. looking the other day and they weren't around. Because this Walgreens is keeping their Funkos behind the counter in the photo department. Mother! <laughs> That's how I got my thing was at that Walgreens was behind the counter. I just want a stupid Spider-Man car. It's awesome. It's one of the dumbest things of that universe and I love that it exists and I must have it. Fireplaces glowing, bicycles growing, hearts overflowing with cheer. It's that wonderful season we all find so pleasing. The Toys R Us time of year. The world's biggest toy stores, Toys R Us. The biggest selection, Toys R Us. It's the Toys R Us time of year. I felt the loss of Toys R Us on Black Friday. I think it still hasn't completely hit me that Toys R Us is gone yet. Yeah. And uh, not going there on Black Friday was really weird. Even though I don't think I ever bought anything at Toys R Us on Black Friday. That was going to be my next question. I would still go there every year. But you worked at Toys R Us. Did you ever work at Black Friday there? Oh, yeah. I loved it. You loved it? I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Why did you love it? I'm sick and demented. I I, am so against working on Black Friday, and I did it for years. Well, I I really love retail, which I know is insane. Sure. No, I get that. Uh, This time of year, I'll often think about, like, going and getting a side retail job just to work, like, a day or two, just, like, to feel, like, the rush of retail. Like, I don't know. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved working at Toys R Us. I loved working there on Black Friday. Was it the thrill of the people? Was it, it like, a... A battle for you? You put on that little dirty blue yes. <laughs> stained shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely like a battle. Uh, the money you could make was insane, uh, especially for like a teenager or someone in their early 20s. Right. From Black Friday until Christmas, you know, you could work 60, 70, 80 hours a week and start getting... Double time, triple time. Uh, yeah, it was nuts. It was great. What was like the biggest toy that you remember having to manage on Black Friday for people to get that I'm sure was gone immediately? You know. Because I'm picturing like a jingle all the way scenario. <laughs> never on Black Friday. Okay. Um, the biggest problem we would have was the big book. Are you aware of the big book? Yeah. So Toys R Us put out this catalog every year called the big book. And it would come out usually the weekend after Halloween. In some ways, like getting ready for the big book rivaled Black Friday, getting ready for Black Friday. I think it was even a bigger deal to get ready for the big book. Because a lot of that like signage was going to be there for a long time. And that was like... The first big push of the holiday toys, and we would have everything in stock. Like I said, the big book would come out usually the first weekend of November. Kids would take the big book, circle the things that they wanted for Christmas, give the book to their parents, and then the parents would use that book to come in to Toys R Us and say, hey, give me these things that my kids circled in the big book. Every year... 
Christmas Eve, 10, 20, 30 parents would come in with that big book expecting that we would still have everything that their kids circled oh, of on Christmas Eve. And we had nothing. We would laugh at these people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Flat out laugh at them. We would laugh in their faces. So you'd have to deal with some angry people that day. But Black Friday, like, I don't know. It never really got, like, that out of control. Like, it is just busy. It's just hectic. It's yeah. just kind of, like, expert mode for when your store is full. And for me, it's different because my retail was at GameStop. So my Black Fridays were, it's just a gauntlet. The problem with GameStop at Black Friday was they would have these ludicrous doorbuster deals. And when I say ludicrous, I mean in like 2008, I th- yeah, 08, the big doorbuster, the huge thing was if you got there at six in the morning, you could buy a copy of the original Doom on PC. I don't know how much you know about PC games. Nothing. The thing with PC games is that as PCs get better and better and better and better, they ironically can't play the older ones because they need to run so slow. So to sell Doom in 2008 was just the dumbest thing. So part of what we had to do was they, they send us like hundreds of copies of Doom and part of the challenge of that Black Friday, there were only two of us in the store and two registers, was literally getting all of these boxes just away from us. Because they were just littering, the, like filling the store and no one was buying them. But they kept like fruit flies apparating out of thin air. So we just started like frisbeeing them away. Like every new box we'd open for content would just have to like toss eight games of Doom to get to whatever. But outside of that, like, it really isn't until the last week of Christmas when you're bare that you are dealing with the awful, awful people. I tell you what you didn't want to do with Toys R Us on Black Friday, and that was be scheduled to close. Because if you were, if you had that second shift on Black Friday, you were just cleaning up from the fun that we had in the morning. Oh, yeah. Because we would just let the place get destroyed, barely keep it together, and then that night crew is the one that had to come in and clean up. You did not want that. Luckily, I never had to do that. I was right there on the front line. Oh, I was a 6 a.m. guy. I'm not a morning person, but I'm black. Well, it's because no one else will do it. And I'm uh, every time I've worked anywhere, I've been the like, I'll do the thing that no one wants to do because I think it'll get me ahead, but it never will. But if there was one thing I loved doing, it was having like a line of 15 people. And you have to understand, my GameStop was very small. So 15 people in there and it was to the brim. And this would be 30, 40, 50 people would be in the store. Just this huge line at the register. You can barely move. And someone else would come in and be like, oh, my God, what's going on? And you were just like, I'm out here. There's a sea of people for you. It was like if you got to, like, land in D-Day and just halfway through the battle hand off your gun to someone else and be like, I'm going to go home and nap. Uh, there are a lot of soldiers left. Goodbye. I'm it sure was the it's best just feeling. like that. Probably. So even years after I was finished working at Toys R Us, I would still go back to Toys R Us every Black Friday and just kind of sit back and enjoy the chaos. I never bought anything. I don't think I've ever bought anything like action figure wise on Black Friday. I don't think I've ever found 
like anything. There's this myth that like you can find hard to find figures on Black Friday because they're getting in so many like shipments of merchandise. There's going to be a better chance, but the truth is they're getting in shipments of what's in the Black Friday ad. So right. if the toy is not in the ad, they're not getting any in. And even nowadays, like when it's in the ad, they're not getting any in. I uh, even though I couldn't go to Toys R Us this year, I went to a couple of Targets because they were doing uh, buy one get one fifty percent on WWE figures. Right. And every Target that I went to had the exact same stuff that they've had sitting on the shelf for months now. I feel like that's kind of the same way it is every year. So Black Friday is kind of dead to me now that there's no Toys R Us to go and hang out at. And I've never been a big Black Friday consumer because I feel like they're just making me buy things that I already don't want. Like it, the, all the stuff that's on sale is the stuff I don't need or care about. That's why I need to get back on the other side of that counter, Blake. I need to get a vest back on. Sure. It's killing me. You're welcome to do it. I, I apparently I'm not because I applied at Target and I never heard back. Well, it's a very tough place to work at that Target. I also feel like I handed them a resume with 15 years of film and television comedy experience. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure this fantasy I have of going back to retail is a horrible idea. I'm sure I would hate it and it wouldn't be fun like it was when I was a teenager well, no, because now you'd probably be, like, running your own store, and you'd have to be doing business. Not necessarily, because what I've been thinking about doing is, like, dummying up a fake resume that has just, like, 25 years of low-level retail jobs on it. I wouldn't want to get some sort of management job and have, like, responsibility. Toys R Us may be dead and gone, but GameStop is just a husk a zombie of what it once was. And in its carcass shell, like some sort of hermit crab, Funko and Think Geek and Hot Topic have snuck in. And I said to one of my old co-workers when I was just home, like, man, I spent years missing our store and our people. I missed it so much. It was great. And now I just miss GameStop because I walk in and I don't know. It's like meeting... I mean, I have parents who are still married, so this is probably a bad analogy, but I imagine that it's like meeting a step-parent, and you're just sort of like, this isn't right. Why are you in my house? These aren't our clothes and our shoes and our Funko Pops, and why are you selling me a credit card? I would rather GameStop be dead and gone and have had its time. So you think I have it better because Toys R Us is dead? Yeah, I think now I've got to I've got to wa- watch this guy walk around to be someone he's not while he's desperately trying to stay alive. Well, much like your real dad, Toys R Us is still alive and well in Canada. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, the Canadian stores didn't close down. It's a separate company. So there's still Toys R Us operating right now as we speak in Canada. As soon as I have an opportunity, I will go. That wasn't bought by, what was it, Bain Capital, whoever invested in Toys R Us to <laughs> let it die? No, this is like, oh, God. Yeah, no. Oh, ho, ho, ho. So this is how it feels to own a Toys R Us store. And here comes my pal Jeffrey to meet me at the door. We'll go up and down all the Toys R Us aisles. 18,000 different toys going on for miles. 
I dreamt I won the Super Bowl. I had a better dream. Toys are us. You'll never outgrow us. Blake, you buy any toys this week? No, this was Thanksgiving week, so I was home. But I did discover, by sheer accident, um, an old toy of mine that was this Toy Story slinky dog in this... It was a special edition in, like, a retro cardboard box. As oh, if yeah, the, I remember as that. And he had been made in the 50s. Yeah. That had been missing. Like, my house was hit by lightning four or five years ago, and just so much stuff. It was either in storage or gone, or we don't know what happened. And for the last, like, three or four years, I've just thought that this thing was gone. And I opened the same closet door I've been opening for years, and it was just in there this time. And I grabbed my mom, and I was like, "Did you fi- how did, where did you find it? She was like, oh, I have no idea. I just saw it one day, and I put it in there, because I thought you, you liked it. So I just figured I'd put it there with, like, the two lightsabers you still have in the box, and that's just where it lives now. Still in good condition. I love that thing. It's the perfect mix of my nostalgia and a nostalgia that I just enjoy. I really like vintage 50s art styles, old Coca-Cola ads, any kind of old, like, I guess, golden age of that stuff. And this just fits that perfectly. This old advertising art style, and inside is the real figure, which was very good timing because they're making a new one. This was like a full-size Slinky Dog, right? He's huge. Yeah. He's huge. It was very difficult for me to pass on all of those because they made like pretty much everybody in the core Toy Story line in those vintage boxes. Really? See, this was just a a gift from a friend, and I never did any research on if other ones existed. I just took it as it was. They started making stuff like that around the time of Toy Story 2, and then when Toy Story 3 came out, they re-released everything and also added um, uh, the bear from Toy Story 3. Right. Uh, that was hard for me to pass up, but I just I, – I was already collecting the six-inch line of Toy Story figures, and that's what I'm sticking with. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those, those box designs are great. I want to back up for a moment, though. Uh, your house was struck by lightning. Yes. So – I guess my parents' house is what I should say. This the was house that you grew up in? The how, yeah, it was the house. We moved there in Glenview, Illinois. I would have been 12 when we moved in. So, like, the second house I grew up in, I guess. But, like, my more, I have more memories from that house than my early childhood to then. Um, and around 2012 or 13, or maybe even 14, four years ago, so 2014, I got a call from my mom, and I'll never forget it, because like anyone, I think when there's a really big tragedy, the first thing she says is, I don't want you to freak out, which is an impossible thing. My default when I get a phone call is to not freak out. So if you open with don't freak out, incorrect. Open with anything else. My default is not freaked out. She's like, so everyone's alive. Good check mark. That's a solid thing to mark off. But the house is on fire. There was a storm. The house is on fire? It is. is. She called me while it was on fire. Because I guess the way it went was it the lightning hit, and the way she describes it was you just heard, like, the just a bang. Like, a loud bang. And then just soot from the chimney shot out into the living room. And she grabbed her two dogs and got out. 
And then, like, you know, it was starting, so she called 911, and by the time the police and fire trucks got there, it had erupted. And did she know right away what had happened? No. So she first, like, went upstairs to be like, what fell down? And I think on her way upstairs, the chimney, like, shot all the smoke out into the living room, and that's when she was like, I'm going to go outside. Went outside, saw the, not wreckage, but everything was on fire. The fire trucks get there, put it out. Um, and then, which is apparently this is a thing that happens that I didn't know could happen. You know, they drench the thing in water, as is the way to put out a fire. And then there's water damage just by the sheer nature of it. And that causes the roof to collapse. So then the whole thing, the insurance, they had to rebuild it. They had to redo the fully on the first floor anyways because of all this smoke and soot. And pretty much all your toys were in the house. Yeah, but they were all in the basement. So it was like first story, second story, and then this unfinished basement. And pretty much, yeah, everything I owned from my childhood, I don't think I was really... I don't know if I would say I was a collector then. I think I mentioned on a previous episode that I sort of dropped off around like high school and didn't really come back around to like nice collectible figures until I was out in LA in 2012. But it was the stuff I grew up with old Pokemon figures, all of my old um, world of Springfield figures, old video games that I had old systems that I had all of my old Kenner power of the force toys, all of my Batman animated series figures, things that I still cared about and wanted. And it was that first selfish thing where you're like, well, is all my stuff okay? And it's like, yeah, it's all in the basement. But, you know, as the insurance company has to come and do their thing, there's just stuff that gets lost in that process, too. So really, ever since then, whenever I'm home, this was really the first time I went home and didn't actually look. I'll usually go down and, like, dig and root around for, like, what's here and what's checked off. Like, some stuff is still missing. Old Pokemon cards that I had are missing. There's, like, a couple old video games. So do they still live in the house? Yeah. So now it's it's completely rebuilt. Um some of it is different. Like the house that I grew up in is for lack of a better word, gone. They like redid the whole kitchen. They redid some of the dining room. Now my mom, uh, she makes jewelry and teaches yoga and has like a studio in there. They kind of took it as a rebuild moment. Um, so they're still there and it's all fine, but it, it is one of those things where I probably would have been in the basement anyways, like playing video games or doing whatever, but it hit my, where my room was. Did you have, like, melted figures? Mm, I had a few. uh, I got two, three, rather. I got three Simpson, I don't like saying dolls, but I guess they're dolls, like, kind of bigger 8 to 12-inch, like, plushies with, like, the big plastic head. Yeah. uh, That would, like, talk. And one of them was the Krusty doll from the Treehouse of Horror where you switch it to good or evil and pull the string. And some of the, the Bart has, like, burns on his face. And the Homer has, like, some smoke damage on his shirt. The Krusty is fine. So some of that, um, yeah, nothing's, like, super melted. There was a lot of stuff that got just really dirty. Just really, like, you had to, like, scrub dust and, like, gunk off and, uh, like, video game covers that got stuck together from, what, what be it the water that came down or whatever else. It, but nothing melted the way, like, Toy Story or The Simpsons when they microwave an army figure melted. Gotcha. That's what I was imagining. Yeah, it was no, like a bunch of like half melted figures, like candles. No, that would be kind of cool, but it would also suck. One of my storage units is in a place where there's often forest fires. 
after the last batch of fires, I went into the unit. I was going through some of my carded figures. Have like a little layer of soot on them. And I'm talking like packaged figures, like uh, Batman Returns figures with like a little bit of soot on them. And I haven't cleaned them up because I'm not sure exactly how to go about this. It looks like they're, you know, with, I'm not going to say easily, but with a little bit of work, they'll clean up well. Right. But that's been on my to-do list for a few years <laughs> as that soot rots through my Batman Returns figures. Yeah, it's, toy damage is a weird thing because sometimes, I sometimes I don't really care and sometimes I get very close about it. It's almost like mm-hmm. having a car and once you get that first ding, you're like, ah, oh, rats. But I'll have some where even like the... They'll fall, and like the paint will get scuffed. I'm like, well, that's the end of this figure forever. But I open everything, so if a box gets damaged, I usually am just like, well, we tried. <laughs> See, if it's a if it's a new figure that I'm buying, I like it to look good. But oh, if, if it's I'm something from my it. childhood, like I don't mind it being like banged up. Like I have my original Max Rebo band uh, from when I was a kid, and the dog that I had when I was a kid chewed on Max Rebo's keyboard. Yeah. And I like that I have this Max Rebo keyboard with the marks from my dog as a kid. And then 30 years later, my current dog as an adult uh, got a hold of one of the microphones from that same Max Rebo band and chewed that up. So I now have a Max Rebo band that's been chewed up by 30 years of dogs. I have that with a – and you're right. The toys that I played with as a kid – Fine. They should be dinged up. They 100% should. They should be played with. They should be worn in. They should be lived in. I have a Power of the Force Kenner R2-D2, which was, I call my first action figure. So, like, we saw a New Hope, immediately went and rented Empire, immediately went and rented Jedi. Uh, and then when Jedi came out, we got home, and my dad had bought... The Darth Vader, the Jedi. This is the only reason I think it was Return of the Jedi is because of the toys. The Darth Vader, the Jedi Knight Luke, and R2-D2, and those like three-foot lightsabers for Luke's. And I just remember spending the whole day throwing it up in the air and jumping like he flips off the sandbar. But that R2-D2, my childhood dog got a hold of it. And it still sits on my desk and has those marks. And I am like, yeah, I want this like this. Because to a point that my mom always makes whenever I talk about anything or how I'm spending money or sometimes I'll, if we're on the phone and I'm looking at Amazon at toys, and I'm like, I don't know, I kind of like this one, but I'm not sold. And she's like, well, they're never going to stop making stuff. And I'm like, yeah, no, now I can go. I have a Lego R2-D2 right here. If I want a nice, pristine R2-D2, I can track it down. But it, right. <laughs> but there's something about this like totem of my childhood, of this franchise that has driven so much of who I am, that also now has marks from my childhood dog. It was with me in that house, in the second house, in college, and now it's on my desk at work. I'm like, this one should be a little lived in. Yeah, this is uh, something that we haven't talked about on the podcast yet, is that uh, a couple of years ago, I had a storage unit broken into, and a big chunk of my collection was stolen. And the stuff that really, like, affected me was having, like, the beaten-up figures of mine from my childhood stolen. Like, I had a lot of 
carded vintage Star Wars stolen, and I had a complete collection of carded vintage superpowers stolen, Ugh. and a, cle- a complete collection of carded vintage Secret Wars, and just tons of stuff. But the thing that really got me is they grabbed this case I had full of beaten up Star Wars and superpowers that were mine when I was a little kid. And that's the thing that hurts the worst. Well, those are the things you can't get back. Right. Those are the the things, like, I I think one of the parts of collecting, like, one of the reasons people do it is they become snapshots of time. And I don't take a lot of photos now. I, I certainly wasn't when I was a child. I don't have any, like, long photo books like my mom does. She's very good at scrapbooking and keeping memories, and I'm terrible at it. Except for my toys, or my video games, or my movies. And there are that R2-D2. I think about, like, a a dumb one is, like, my Bartman from World of Springfield. Like, I know where I was, what I was doing when I bought it. Uh, I can remember going to Target when my cousin was born, and we would babysit her after school, and we would go pretty much just so she could get out of the house. But I would always run and look at toys, and that was when Pokemon was big. They would do these, like, three-pack sets. Uh, I think of, like, my dad picking me up from school, which was a treat because he worked. So if dad picked you up, it meant something fun was happening. We would go get ice cream or go here, and we would go to the comic store and buy Archie Sonic comics and, like, an Emperor Palpatine or whatever. And they they trigger things. And when those are what's stolen, I care way more about that then probably anything that I now display in the apartment. Or even like weird ones. There's a there's a Jedi Luke Funko behind me right now while we're recording that's from an ex who gave it to me. I have a real hard time still displaying gifts from exes. And I've gotten some nice action figures over yeah. the years. And not just ex-girlfriends. Like I have a real nice Hulk statue from a former manager of mine. And like the experience with the manager was so bad that even though I love that Hulk statue, I don't like having it up because it reminds me of him. Yeah, that stuff's tough. And it it took me a while to almost like kind of get over that hump. And I think I think if I dated somebody else, I probably wouldn't bring up that it's from an ex. Or I might not care now it's been so long, like she might not care. But it is that there's almost a weird challenge of like, here's a lot of almost photographs that I have up of the past. Like that would be kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, I have a ton of those. I have, I have a life size salacious crumb from my ex that like, it wasn't like she got it for me. How as a big present. is a life size salacious crumb? Because he's a, you saw he's the a movie. small man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it has those memories attached to it and I don't like it. No, I get that. I think that I think that's a tough thing to do. I think if it wasn't specifically my favorite character from my favorite movie, I probably wouldn't have it. Because she also gave me like a Daredevil Funko somewhere down the line, and that's who knows where. <laughs> but it, it's funny because I do think there's there's like lessons in it. There's relationships in them, and I do think that's why those ones are tough to get rid of. Because the two that I thought of when the house got hit, and I don't display these. I don't even have them in L.A. But my, when I graduated high school, which was in 2007, which was a year when we got the first Transformers movie before those were exhausting, and we got uh, an animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which was awesome. 
which were two things that I loved growing up. And they were two things that my dad loved with me growing up. And when I graduated, he gave me from, I couldn't tell you what line it is. I just know they're off of those movies. It was Donatello, who was my favorite turtle growing up, and Optimus Prime. And they were both awesome. And I just remember being like, I'm never opening these. This is such a cool, like, bonding moment with my dad. It's such a cool... They both look great in their packaging. They're... This is such a monumental year, graduating, college, next steps, all of these things. Like, I want to preserve this as best I can. And when the house got hit, my first thought was like, what about those? Like, I have every lightsaber that they've ever made down there, but like, whatever, those are plastic that I'm I'm never going to put batteries in those again. I can't display them because they're, again, chipped away from years of playing with them. But let them burn, like... That, that does suck because those all had memories, too, of, of acting like an idiot outside of my house, <laughs> fighting people and pretending to be a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I when the storage unit was broken into, I got a call from the storage place letting me know there had been a break-in. And then I jumped in the car started driving down there. So I had like an hour and a half drive to obsess over what was going to be stolen. And definitely the stuff I had feared being stolen the most was the beat-up toys from my childhood. Right. And sure as shit, that's what they had taken. Why? And I'm not a thief. (laughs) I get taking things because I think it's a very easy thing to do. And I don't know why a lot of people do this, but they do. Assume that every toy that's in a case that's from less than a year ago is worth millions of dollars. And that's one of the things that's like literally next to the case of busted, broken up Star Wars figures that they took was a comic box with a complete run of Amazing Spider-Man minus... The first three issues. Oh, my God. From four on. And they left that. Like, they had no idea Jesus. what they were taking and what they were leaving. I would never assume that loose toys would be worth anything. Did you see the old Glendale Toys R Us has been turned into a Christmas tree lot? Interesting. Inside the abandoned Toys R Us. They're That's selling terrifying. Christmas trees. Is there still signage? Is this like when Halloween Town came by? Oh, yeah. the All the local Toys R Us still have the signage up. Great. And whatever's in and whatever's occupying that store that month, like, puts a banner up over it. I like that they've become a nightmare before Christmas portal, and we're just going to rotate holidays. Out of everything that they could be selling in there, the Christmas trees, I don't know. I feel okay about that. Yeah, I like Christmas. It's very spirited. It's very nice. Pine smells quite good. You go in there, you you get a nice breath of fresh air, despite all the ash that's been in our town. There's a Toys R Us in Valencia by Magic Mountain. Okay. And it still has, up on the roof, an old-school Jeffrey head as part of the sign. You're waiting to take that home, aren't you? You're driving by every day. Just It's going to fall off. I sat in that parking lot a couple of weeks ago for a good half hour trying to figure out what would be the easiest, quickest way to get that Jeffrey head down from there. And not only that, who would be down to help me? 
Because that's the key to Yeah, that's this. not a one-man operation. No. I would probably I'm, try it. Wait, are you in if I can find I the other? I would absolutely do this. Really? Probably. At least two people are going to have to get on to the roof of the Toys R Us. Would you go on the roof? I would absolutely go on the roof. Okay. I assumed this whole time that I would be on the roof. Okay. So it's you and one other person on the roof. Sure. Somebody with the ladder. Yep. Then what do you need? You need, was it just like a, a giant screwdriver of some sort? Bolt clippers? Yeah, I don't know. How big is this head? Well, I don't know that either because it looks... Because it's far away. Yeah, it's far away. Because <laughs> it's up on this area of the building that's even taller than the rest of the building. It's like a mezzanine. Right. Uh, this so may get, be harder than I thought. So you get the head down. Let's run through the whole thing. Let's just say it all goes. We get up there. We get the head down. Out, we haven't even talked about that. You need some sort of pulley crane system. No, 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 no. Where you're just going to drop it on a trampoline and have it bounce into the back of the car? You get two people on two ladders. One is, like, removing it, and the okay. other one is taking it. It can't be that heavy because it's, it's just, like, plexiglass, right? I, I don't, I'm it's not made a out of, man. It's made out of whatever the rest of the sign is made out of. Sure. So I'm more worried about it breaking. I was going to say, that's the other. Yeah. You don't want to drop it if it break. Right. So then what, we get it back and it, you just mount it over a fireplace like a big old ox head? I didn't think about what I was going to do with it. I just thought about how we're going to get it down. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it can't be that hard. Yeah, it can't be that hard. No. Well, to be continued. I suppose. All right, guys. Well, this was How Do You Figure. I hope you enjoyed our slightly different offbeat episode. I did. Next week, we'll have a real guest, and we'll go from there. You should leave us a review on iTunes and give us five stars. You're going to do that by just clicking the Leave a Review button. Then you're going to click the fifth star. And then you're going to write something and you're going to send it our way. It really helps out the show, keeps us going, keeps the lights on, and gives us all the funding we need to take that Jeffrey head. You can also follow us on Twitter at HowDoYouFigurePC. We're on Instagram at HowDoYouFigurePodcast. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash groups slash HowDoYouFigure. And at HowDoYouFigure as a Facebook page. That's it. We'll see you guys next time.